0: the book of Exodus chapter 15 and uh, verse number 22. And it's called triumph to trial. You know, uh, a lot of times we get excited when we hear about going from trial to triumph, right? But did you know sometimes the opposite takes place? You can go from a mountain peak down to a valley real quick. And uh, these are the realities of life. And I want to talk about that for just a minute. But the, the verse reads, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So immediately after the great triumph of the Red Sea deliverance came the first trial for the children of God. Could you imagine the spiritual high they must have been on directly after they walked through the midst of the sea on dry land and after their enemies were destroyed right before their very eyes? Man, you know they were on some kind of spiritual high, weren't they? In fact, I imagine they felt invincible. They probably thought, man, this is going to be good from here on out. I can see it so clearly in the eye of my imagination. They must have been ecstatic. They had been in bondage as a people for 400 years. And God supernaturally delivered them from that bondage out of the grips of the superpower of the world at that time, known as Egypt. This is their chance, their declaration of independence. The air is full of hope and laughter and then something unexpected occurs, more hardship. Isn't it interesting how that the best of our days are often soon followed by what we might call the reality checks of life. Just imagine how easy they must have thought it would be for them from here on out and then no water. What? (laughs) But didn't God leave them there? You may ask. Exactly. That's the same thing they were questioning. Amen. They, like we so often do, assume that because God was now their leader, that they were immune to trouble from then on. But the truth is, our journey with God does not eliminate trouble. It just makes the journey possible. And I just got to pause right here for a minute. Because religious people get a Job's friend mentality. Y'all know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Job's friends went down the road of well, if you were so right with God, you wouldn't be having all this trouble. And they quoted all of the the uh, they quoted all of the prosperity verses out of context and I talked to them about how God blesses the righteous and you don't look blessed, so you can't be righteous. And like one preacher I heard say, they started measuring someone's righteousness by their financial portfolio. Yeah. And uh, if you're not careful, you'll get too good for riches. You'll get to where you're high and mighty. You'll get to where you look down at others when you're doing okay. And you'll get to thinking, well, if they played their cards right like I played my cards right, and if they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps like I did mine, they wouldn't be in the mess to again, but because they're not as good as me, or they're not as hardworking as me, or they're not as righteous as me, they must have done something wrong. I don't have no pity for them, right? Amen. Amen. And sometimes we do that to ourselves and don't even need nobody else to do for us. Sometimes the devil will come to you and tell you that God must be angry with you to let trouble persist. Yes. Yes. You ever been there? Yes. An unanswered prayer, some a mountain that would not move, a trial that would not break, right? And you're like, God, what's wrong with me? What have I done to deserve this? What have I done to inflict this sorrow? upon myself, not realizing that God orchestrated the entire event, not necessarily because of what you did wrong, but because of what he's doing right. The righteousness of God sometimes leads you right into the midst of adversity because he has a bigger plan than your comfort. He has a much bigger plan than your comfort. Can I get an amen? Amen. He has your spiritual health and well-being and development in his perspective. He is more interested in developing your character than he is uh, filling up your bank account, giving you the best of health, giving you the most ideal circumstances, amen, because God knows something that we sometimes forget, and that is this. Even though we're saved, even though we're righteous, we still live in a sin-cursed world. And it don't matter how perfect you walk with God, you're going to still have to figure out how to keep your cool in the midst of adversity because you might be saved, but most people around you ain't, and you're going to have to suffer the consequences of somebody else's stupidity, even if you didn't bring it on yourself. So what does God do? He allows trouble and sometimes even orchestrates trials to come into our lives so that we can learn that man doeth not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doeth man live and so he drives us to our knees and when the children of Israel were delivered out of Egyptian bondage and just took them three days of rejoicing into the wilderness and then all of a sudden they could find no water Wow, well, so why does God do this? What is he up to when he leads us right into the midst of adversity? Verse 25 gives us some insight in stating that God sent them there to quote, prove them or test them in other words. It was a matter of teaching his children how to walk by faith, fully trusting that their new master would supply their needs Instead of a government or a leader, amen? This will be the first of many tests for Israel, but the point I wish to make today is this. Learn to thank God for the times that he puts your faith to the test because he's only purifying your faith to be able to later bless you all the more. Don't you believe that? If you can't please God without faith, and God wants you to live a life that's pleasing to Him. Then it would go to without saying that He would want to give you faith. If that's the only way you're going to please God is to have faith. Then He's going to have to exercise your faith. God will put you in His faith gymnasium. He'll put every muscle to the test. Amen. He'll put you in a situation. You know your muscles that you don't use are the ones that go weak and deteriorate. The ones that you do use are put under stress and they rip and they tear and then they rebuild themselves. And through the process of pain, you've heard the old adage, no pain, no gain. The same is true spiritually. I've quoted this often and I just love this quote. I've probably quote it a thousand more times. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said that I've learned to kiss the wave that thrusts me against the rock of ages. Hmm. That's got God on it, don't it? <laughs> My soul. He truly does all things well. We may not endure the process, but give God time to work. The end product will be worth the process. Amen. So have you found yourself in a place where quote unquote no water is? Is your soul thirsty and dry? Are you hungry and thirsty? Then you are ripe for revival. Because now you're in a position to have to learn to lean on the Lord. And that is where he does his greatest works. You'll have other tests, but with each one you will be made a little wiser, a little stronger. Think of it as prep time. God is preparing you to be able to handle the blessings He has in store for you in Canaan land, so to speak. Just get through your wilderness with your faith intact, and you will still see the milk and honey flow. Amen. This is uh, a microcosmic look into the life of faith for the believer. Everything God gives us in the Old Testament is types and shadows of of of. Uh, of how God works, I call it God's M.O., God's method of operation. You learn about his character, not just in what he said to us, but how we see him act, and what we see him do. Amen? Amen. And uh, and so that's why we study the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. Right. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. revealed. Amen? I didn't make that up, but I learned it years ago, and I think it's a perfect way to explain it, and uh, I wish I did come up with that, <laughs> amen, uh, good stuff, but I just want to encourage you tonight, no matter what your trial is, if you're saved by the grace of God, there's a greater purpose than your pain, and uh, we'll understand it better, like the songwriter said, bye-bye, and bye. And amen. Bye. amen. Uh, some of it you won't get the answer to until you get to heaven. Some of it you'll understand it looking behind you. But you won't be able to see it going forward because it wouldn't be faith. Amen? The moment it becomes sight, it's no longer faith. So he keeps us on a faith journey. Uh, he, 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 there's some element of surprise that he always keeps in front of us. There's some element of mystery. There's some element of the unknown that he always keeps in front of us so that he keeps us trusting and seeking and searching and knocking and asking and being hungry and thirsty for him. And so he'll put us in a place where there's no water. He'll put us in a place where it looks like there's not enough money to pay the bills. He'll put us in a place, amen, where it's more difficult than we thought it would be. He'll send you on a new mission and you'll be all excited about it until you get there and you find out it's going to be a lot tougher than you thought it would be. But don't doubt the voice of God just because it got dark or because it got dry. Because He's still with you. And this is what He wanted them to learn. Just because they were out of water didn't mean they was out of Him. Ooh. That was a mouth full right there. Y'all should have shouted amen on that one. Just because you're out of water don't mean you're out of hand. Right? He's still there. Uh, I've heard it said when we're down to nothing, he's up to something. So you reach out and touch Him. In some kind of way, he'll supply, he'll provide, he'll do the miraculous, if you'll believe him. But don't go into a spiral of complaint. I know this is easier said than done, and we're all tempted to do it. I'm learning as I go, and I'm not always the best of students, if I were to be honest. But I'm learning that complaint gets you nowhere but in trouble with God. When the people complained, it displeased the Lord, didn't it? Yes. And boy, they paid a dire consequence for it. I mean, just think about it. He just did this great miracle. Next thing you know, because they ran out of water, they're like, "Ah, drama queens. They just fall out. And all of a sudden, Law, he then took us out here to, to kill us in the wilderness. I so just would we'll die in the wilderness. I just, I'd have rather, at least if I died in Egypt, I'd have had a belly full. I mean, just that, that quick to forget The power of God. And what we need to learn is that just because God's presence is always here doesn't mean circumstances will always be favorable for us because there are challenges along the way that we must learn to fight through with our faith. Can your faith remain intact despite your trouble? Jesus prayed for Peter, and I'll close with this, and I've taught this many times, but it's such a profound truth, I want to echo it. Jesus said, I've, uh, Satan's desire to have you that he might sift you, wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. If I were Peter, I would've been, thanks Jesus, you could've told the devil, no. Right? So let's get this straight now. The devil comes to Jesus, and I, will you let me at Peter? I wanna take his lunch. I wanna tear him up one side and down the other. And Jesus did not tell him no. I thought, Lord, you could've stopped him. But Jesus knew that there was something more important that needed to take place. And that was that Peter's conviction of faith would be so strong that it would withstand the future test. Amen. So he allowed the process so that, he, so that, and I think it wasn't, Jesus knew Peter's faith would stand, but Peter needed to know it. That's right. That's right. God never does anything because he needs to find out what we're made of. He already knows what we're made of. But he needs us to know our own propensities to fail. Right. And sometimes, like toddlers, you have to let them stumble a little bit so that they can learn to walk. And it's not that God leads you into sin. But God will allow you some stumbling around in the dark with His oversight so that you can learn to hear His voice, so that you can learn to get back up, so that you can learn that you're going to make it with His guiding hand in your life. So He he allows the test. And uh, none of us like it. Don't have to like it. Amen? What's the alternative? The alternative is that God doesn't get glorified in our lives. Don't we don't grow in Christ and people don't get saved because we're not shining for Him. Could, could be somebody's eternal destiny at stake, stake. You know, where's the cross? We, we gotta bear a cross. We just know that you can't, there's no shortcut to success and there's no shortcut to resurrection morning. You gotta go through the grave to get there. If you want the power of God in your life, you're gonna have to die to some things Amen. You don't have to let the Holy Spirit. Oh man, this is such rich, fertile soil. If you get a hold of these principles, you, you can face tomorrow with God's help, no matter what faces you. I don't know who this is for. Well, probably all of us. Every one of us got something we're juggling. Something we wish would go away. Something that's nagging at us. Something that's bothering us. Something that's eating us up on the inside. Why would God allow it? Well, He's trying to teach us to look up no matter what's looking at us. If we can just look up, it's tough, it's hard. God says, just look unto me. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy, my bird's light. And uh, one of the hardest things to do for a fighter is to stop fighting sometimes we try to fix it and we can't and got to throw up our hands in right? the hands of the Lord just go into free fall Just let it all go. Say Lord if it ain't gonna, if this battle ain't gonna be worn it's not gonna be worn because you ain't fighting it because I ain't fighting it no more. I can't do this no more. Just give it to him. be surprised at what he'll do you know sometimes he just wants you to rest. Lay your head on your pillow. He said He giveth his beloved sleep. He loves us and you know God doesn't get a kick out of our trouble, but He sure does get glory out of our victories. and he sure does know how to bring us into our desired haven. Uh, weeping may endure for a night. Some of you are in a night season, dark and cold, lonely maybe. But joy does come in the morning. Amen. So just keep trusting, keep walking, keep believing. He'll hold you even if it's minute by minute, even if it's step by step, even if it's breath by breath. You'll make it, child of God. He's going to help you. Keep trusting Him. Amen.